Welcome back to His and Hers Movie Podcast. This is episode number 49, featuring a look ahead at the horror films that will be released in 2021, hopefully, as well as our 10 most anticipated 2021 horror films. I am one half of your hosting duo, podcasting on this January 10th, 2021, JP, and joining me tonight as always, is Carly. We're both podcasting out of southwestern Pennsylvania, and this is our first episode of the new year. We took a little bit of time off. So how are you doing, Carly? I am great. Do you know why? Because we have wrapped up our prep for 2020, and we recorded a top 10 podcast that will be released on 22 Shots. And most importantly, we can watch moves for fun. Right. We can moves for fun. watch moves for fun. Moves for moves fun. Moves for fun. Moves, moves for, for fun. fun. Moves for fun. Moves for fun. You're not on beat. But whatever. No, you're um, not on beat. What are you talking you, about? You're going too slow with it. No, like, I was trying on. to slow down for you to catch up. No, I was going ahead of you and you're just like moves right, let's for try again. fun. Three, two, one, we'll do it. Three, okay. two, one. One moves for fun. Moves for fun. Moves for moves fun. For fun. <laughs> you moves for the, fun. You know how much easier it is when we're in person. Well, dude, this this is your fault, not mine. Why? Because I don't know. You're just not on. Like I, I'm on beat. I don't know why <laughs> you're, you're not. I am on beat. We literally drive beat, down the road, and when we're talking about being done with prep for 2020, we started chanting "moves for fun." <laughs> We're stupid. Um, Because we get to watch whatever we want for... Well, you get to for a long time, pretty much. Me, I get about a week off, and then I'm back into 22 shots watching seven Paranormal Activity movies. But... I mean, well, I'm going to watch 2005 moves as well, but... You know, yeah, moves for fun. Um, I mean, not to say I didn't have fun with 2020. In fact, by the end... I did not even mind, because I was watching some pretty good stuff, like, towards the very end, so it wasn't as agonizing as I thought it would be, but at the same time, as always, I am happy to be done. So, new year, new moves. Right. New year, right. new moves. Alright, well, uh, we kind of have a bigger than planned show uh, ahead of us, so we should probably get into it very quickly but a few things i just wanted to note before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show uh the first thing is i did mention that i wanted to give a list of the best things that i watched in 2020 that were not horror i think did i mention doing that on the show yeah you did last show i believe Ah, dang it so i'm probably not going to necessarily do that just because we came up with the idea of a preview instead um but i will just say my favorite thing that i watched was queen the queen's gambit um my favorite non-horror thing which i did an extensive review on this show for so that was uh really fun really cool and I really, really enjoyed watching that miniseries. Um, King of Staten Island was another thing that I really liked. Um, and McMillions was another thing that was really fun. But it was mostly like documentaries or like 
things like that, um, miniseries that I watched. Didn't really watch a ton of movies itself that were non-horror, but hopefully I'll squeeze in a few more this year. Uh, with hopefully, I'm hoping theaters stay open and we get some wide releases and stuff like that. But you know, that's to be seen, I guess. Um, the other thing that I wanted to note was that I built a new shelf shelf for my DVDs and Blu-rays, uh, which was something that I wanted to do at the beginning of this year. Um, I wanted to get my collection back under control because I literally had, let's see, like it was just a, it was an absolute disaster. Uh, <laughs> what I tried to do last year was I had tried to organize it with all my unwatched stuff in one place and all my watched things in another place so I could because I had mentioned on the or one of the first shows we did that I wanted to watch a lot more of my collection over the past year my goal was to watch more than I bought and if I failed that which I did mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> my goal was to watch at least 150 of my unwatched dvds and or blu-rays and or 4ks and i'm happy to say that i did in fact hit the 150 mark i had 159 and then when i was going through my collection i found like a handful of other ones so i think i was at like 165 uh watched films that were sealed or unwatched so i was very happy about that and I'm going to do the same thing this year. <laughs> I want to at least hit 150. But really, realistically, I, would want, I want to have watched more than I bought. But that's not going to happen. The Dollar Tree really screwed me. Because I bought, I think, like... I honestly think I bought about 90 movies from the Dollar Tree. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is crazy. And I was putting them on my shelves and stuff. And I was like, why did I buy this? But there was some stuff that I was like... I was like happy that I bought it. And actually there was yeah. a few things that I had bought that I already owned. So those will either go to you or, or somebody else or something eventually. But so I bought this new shelf, built this new shelf rather, which I bought the supplies for a while back. I kind of messed up a little bit. I could have made it. I could have had another shelf on it. I think I had seven shelves. I could have had eight, I think, but I, I had the, had them pre-cut the wood for me and i was off by a little bit um it was like a very anxiety inducing thing to get them to cut the wood it was really busy and stuff and it was like annoying as hell so um i kind of messed up but i will say that um it still turned out pretty good the shelf that i made and i pretty much had stuff everywhere so last year i tried to make it to where i put all my unwatched in one place and it just wasn't working because i didn't have the space and so i had a i have like two main big shelves in my room that i built on the wall and then i have like a little crappy one that i had for years is one of the first ones i bought it's like two rows deep so it's like not really great for dvds it's like better for books or something like that but I have that one and then I have like another cool one that I bought but it's kind of small that I use for Blu-ray 
And then I have these other weird ones that you have some too. We bought off of somebody that we worked with. They're very nice, but they're really impractical for like big collections. Uh, and then I had a little, another little one that I found at a Goodwill one time that I have out in the hallway. And it's again too deep, so you can fit like a DVD and then another one in front of it. And I hate those because it's just a waste of space and I don't want to double stack my DVDs. But anyway, I had filled those up with in like, they're not in, they weren't in like any good way. They were just like stuffed in there and, you know, Blu-rays, DVDs, a 4Ks, a mix of everything. And they were all out of order. And my collection was so, like my Blu-rays were mostly in alphabetical order, but all my DVDs were everywhere. It was horrible. Um... I just, I had so much anxiety from like trying to like fit everything in place. It was just so annoying. And uh, I know that that's like such a ridiculous problem to even have, but I'm a move collector. <laughs> and uh, I started piling them up in the, on, on like the couch that's broken in the living room and stuff like that. It was just a mess. So I built a new shelf. I filled it up almost completely. It has two spaces left over. Um, and I'm pretty much out of space again, but I did take one of the shelves that I, the one I bought at Goodwill and it's completely empty now. So that's one thing. And then I, I have a little bit more, I, I have a little bit more space like in other places. Cause I did remove stuff from other places, but I pretty much almost have it all in order. Uh, my left shelf is all of my watched scream factories and i i all my dvds are in alphabetical order my blu-rays are by company for the most part so i have scream factory uh vestron arrow video a couple of agfas like two of them uh, a couple of mvds art exploitation umbrella which i have a i have a good bit of umbrella um when they used to send me them to review and then they got a new guy and they stopped shipping into the u.s so that kind of sucked but um i'll probably won't have any more ever but the, the ones that i have i'm pretty happy with and then vinegar syndrome which turns out i have a ton of vinegar syndrome that i didn't realize i had as many as i do and then blue underground seven films synapse warner archive which over the past year and a half maybe i built a collection of warner archive from zero to almost all of the horror titles and then it's all DVDs that I've watched. And then that's my left shelf. The right shelf is all what I just listed, but unwatched. So Scream Factories, Arrows, Vestrons, like all the things I just mentioned, but unwatched versions. And my 4Ks uh, unwatched. So that's the right shelf. It's almost completely full. And then um, the the uh sh the like smaller shelf that i have is all of the blu-rays that i have watched that are a company like they're not a company they're just like catalog releases like stuff from warner brothers not warner archive but like warner brothers or like Lionsgate or just like the the standard regular companies like the non-cool collector's edition stuff and then on the right shelf i had to fit on one of the lower shelves um like other titles that I have unwatched that are just standard catalog releases and then the one that I built in the hallway the brand new one 
is all unwatched DVDs. And the bo I have some box sets on top. Uh, but yeah, so it's about 300 DVDs unwatched. And then I don't even want to take a guess at the Blu-rays. But it's probably like closer to 500 unwatched. That's a lot of moves, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you sound disappointed in me. I I am a little... Like, I was just... Just when you're all like... I am proud. I hit 165 unwatched moves. And I'm thinking as opposed to the 365 you probably bought throughout the year. <laughs> uh, yeah, but... So, all that's squared away. I'm pretty happy about it. It's pretty neat. Um... It, it made me feel like kind of depressed though that I filled up all the shelves and I'm like uh, I don't even know how many more uh, like I could build like honestly I have like more space in the room that I could build shelves but it requires me to remove posters off the wall which sucks because I like them yes so that's disappointing but we'll f we'll figure it out we'll figure it out Yes, um, that's a tragic story. I think I think what I'm going to do is I'm not going to buy as much just random stuff and I'm mostly going to focus on like 4K and then like special like Scream Factory era like like good stuff like that and then pretty much not buy like regular catalog titles as much anymore except for the Dollar Tree. I still I still am kind of addicted to that because <laughs> it's it's too good to pass up for a dollar. Yeah. So, yes. yeah, that is uh, something that I was very relieved to get done uh, at the beginning of this year. So happy about that. Um, so with that said, I think we should probably get into the stuff we watched because I have a ton. Yeah, I kind of do too. Okay. Um, let's do it. Let's go like. Let's go. I'll get. I guess I'll. I'll go first, and I'll do like ten or something. Then, because I have. I have like almost double you, and then you can go, and then I'll finish up. Okay. All right. So uh, the first thing I watched was I tried to watch that Alone movie that Watson recommended, mm -hmm. and I ended up renting the wrong Alone, and it was. I don't even remember what it was about. I watched a lot of movies in like a week. Um, but it was, there was three movies called Alone that came out in 2020, which is annoying. Uh, mm -hmm. It followed a writer who was like blind um, and she was trying to work on her book or something. And she goes to like a, a little house and something happens and then a couple of teens show up. I, pretty much everybody that I seen that watched it gave it like a low score and i did i did as well it wasn't good give it a uh four out of ten. Oh no and then and i'm gonna be pretty brief on the new stuff that i watched because we did just record the 22 shots top 10 and i don't want to like reveal my hand too much with that yes but uh the golden glove uh 2019 getting its wide release early in 2020 it's a german film featuring a story about a real life serial killer it's pretty accurate to the original story it's pretty disgusting and violent and vile and gritty and nasty it's sort of unapologetically violent and gross 
uh, I really liked it and I thought that it was uh, one that was about a boxing movie but it wasn't <laughs> so you're stupid yeah the golden glove uh really good um i gave that one an 8 out of 10 or an 8.5 nice and then i watched run from 2020 this was a thriller kind of horror film people were comparing it to misery it, it, i could see that it's basically about a girl who is was born premature and she has all these health problems. She's like diabetic and um, has cerebral palsy or something. It might not be cerebral palsy. It's like some sort of um, issue where she can't walk. Uh, so she's wheelchair bound and she has some other uh, asthma, all kind of health problems. And her mom is kind of weird and kind of keeps her locked up in a room because she's like overprotective of her. I thought it was pretty good. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Uh, then I watched Antebellum, which is a movie that was kind of a, a ex like really hype movie, you know, kind of in the vein of like uh, socially relevant, um, like Get Out and stuff like that. It was being billed as that. I think it was from the producers of Get Out or something. And it follows uh, a, a slave on a plantation, and it cuts back to present day, and it ha it's kind of interesting how it all um, plays into each other. The beginning was really good. It, I mean, it was shot really well. Like, the music was great. It was shot really well. Kind of amazing in the beginning scenes, and then it gets really boring in the present day stuff. And then it gets really exciting again when you when it ties into itself. It kind of um, I don't want to say too much, but it reminded me of another movie that I watched this past year from the 2000s. But if that middle chunk had been more interesting, I could totally see this being one of the best films of the year. But it kind of disappointed in that way. I gave it a seven and a half out of ten. Um, and then we have The Vast of the Night from 2019, it, it, getting its wide release in 2020. Um, I'm going to stop saying that. The, <laughs> uh, this one was about a... Uh, it's set in like the 60s, and it's a woman who works at one of those like phone transfer centers, like where they plug things into the wall and connect calls like an operator thing. Yeah. And she gets a weird call, and her friend is like a radio DJ, and they start playing the call on the air and stuff. And it's kind of like a Twilight zone -y type of story um, stretched out into a feature-length film. I think it would have worked better as a short, like if it was in an anthology or something, because it was cool, but it, it's a lot of talking and not a lot of seeing anything. <laughs> so it... it, it it's a little problematic, but I, I thought it was fun. It was a fun little movie. Nothing amazing, but I, I really liked it. I gave it a seven. And then I watched Monstrum from the year 2018, getting its, damn it, getting its one release in 2020. This is a Shutter exclusive. Um, it is a Japanese film. And it, or is it South Korean? I can't remember. Um, let me actually take a look at what it is. It's it, South Korean. It's South Korean? Yes. Okay. Uh, it follows a sort of like military 
a person who is dealing with with a plague and he basically decides to take it upon himself to save a little girl from like being executed and the emperor of the area is like really mad it's a period piece and basically exiles him and his friend from the the military and they live out in the outskirts and one day they are brought back into the city to deal with uh another situation and help the emperor basically there's a monster in the woods but they don't know if it's actually a monster or if it's somebody trying to create panic and stuff it, it's kind of political i thought it was pretty decent it's a little long it's i think it's like two hours long and the monster is a little rough with the cgi but it, it's pretty fun I, I thought it was decent i gave it a seven uh and then i watched tremors from the year 1990 this was sent to me for review via arrow video and I unfortunately did not get the 4K edition of Tremors, which I would have really, really loved. But I did get the cool special edition Blu-ray. And it is a pretty sick edition uh, from Arrow Video there. And Tremors is an all-time favorite horror film of mine. It follows Kevin Bacon and uh, Fred Ward... Uh, and they are Val and Earl, and they're kind of like handymen. They live in this small town of perfection with a, like a population of like 14 people or 19 people or something. And it's out in the desert uh, in Nevada, I believe. And there is all of a sudden these killings that are happening in the area, and it turns out that it's all done by these underground monsters that they dub Graboids that basically burrow under the earth and listen to vibrations and noise to attack their prey and it's up to val and earl to sort of save the day this movie is phenomenal it's one of the best horror movies ever made in my opinion i know you're not a huge fan of it uh, 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 uh it's fine buddy yeah but it's a fine move i think that it's when you talk about like buddy horror i think of a couple of films one of them is phantasm yeah the series you know you got reggie and mike and reggie and and um jody and stuff and and like that friendship among them but tremors is like the other buddy film that i think of like val and errol are so much fun together they're just play off each other so well it's it's insanely quotable like i love the movie so much it's one of my favorites there's great monster action the set pieces are amazing all great practical effects with the graboids because it was in 1990 and and cgi wasn't quite there yet so just a just a phenomenal cool movie love the desert setting uh all all the side bit characters are great like uh walter chang and miguel and uh freaking burt gummer ah and actually reba mcintyre plays a character in it which is interesting uh but it's it's a it's a all-time classic a total 10 out of 10 
All right. And the Arrow Edition, really nice. The transfer, even on the Blu-ray, really good. I actually do not own the original Tremors film on Blu-ray, surprisingly. So this was a... I don't... Was it on Blu-ray? I don't even remember if it was on Blu-ray. I'm sure it was. But yeah, this... I would love to see them release the sequels because I, I really like Tremors 2 and 3 as well. Tremors 2 is fantastic. But I like all the Tremors films, all seven of them. Even though the last one was my least favorite. So that is Tremors from the year 1990. Uh, then I watched Spree from the year 2020. It follows a influencer, a aspiring influencer, YouTube live streamer in real life, IRL type thing. And he is a Spree driver, which is basically the movie's version of Uber. And he is kind of like sick of not being able to get popular on youtube so he decides to start killing mofos uh on his live stream everybody in this movie is obnoxious and annoying um it's definitely commenting on the fact that those type of people influencers are obnoxious and annoying mm -hmm. sometimes it's a little too much though i didn't really care for the movie early on it did sort of win me over a little bit later on and i did find it pretty entertaining um it's good I gave it a 7 out of 10. Yeah. Then we have Butt Boy from the year 2019. What? <laughs> what? I said Butthole. 2019 getting its wide release in 2020. This is a movie that is about a guy who sucks people into his butt and kills them. <laughs> but it is played uh, straight-faced. So it's taken 100% serious the whole time which is just weird uh, people really like this movie I, I honestly didn't care about it too much it, it was okay it's hard for me to get on board with the plot even though it's played serious like that's where the comedy comes from because they're tr every character is treating this like a serious situation and stuff there's like this grizzled alcoholic detective who's working the case and he begins to suspect his sponsor in his aa meeting is sucking people up into his butt and uh yeah i gave it a six out of ten um, and then, what, what is that? That is one, two, three, four, five. I think I have one more. Um, I, I was watching um, Tom the Horace Ball uh, Horny Awards that he does every year. This was the 10th annual. And it reminded me that I still haven't watched his daughter Hope's film, I Dare You to Open Your Eyes, from 2018 getting its wide release in 2020 or i guess it wasn't really wide <laughs> it, was, it was just like a minor blu-ray release that sold out really fast i think it i know you i think it's available for rent actually um but yeah this is a film that i actually donated to you know what i totally didn't even watch the credits to see if my name was listed oh no um it is uh a film made by like a 16 year old girl and it's super ultra low budget no budget filmmaking uh it's about a young kid who's being bullied in school his mother has passed away and he is trying he befriends a girl and he's trying to make it through his life and there's also a killer that starts killing people in the area um you could see some influences from um some italian horror in there uh especially with the killer and the mask and stuff like that 
I thought that this was actually an incredible effort for a 16 year old girl making her you know first real attempt at him I know she made another movie too when she was like 14 or something like that but this this was a bigger attempt and I think that it was really impressive now obviously there's going to be problems with it uh one of the things that i noticed early on was there is some some editing issues and there is uh, a few audio issues but honestly it was like a few scenes and they were early scenes um one one scene with the guidance counselor was completely adr um, they, I, I feel like they probably lost the audio to it or something like that. Um, the one of the standout performances of the film is actually Tom, who plays the father, and he does a really good job. I feel like as the film goes on, I don't know if they shot this in sequential order or not, but one of the things that I noticed about the movie was it felt like the acting got stronger as the movie went along. Some of the acting is a, is a bit a bit rough. But nothing, honestly, rough isn't even the right word because it's, it's, it's pretty good for this level of movie for amateur actors. I've seen worse in, in bigger movies. Um, but you know, it's, it's that sort of low budget acting where, you know, I saw potential in almost every person that was acting in the film though. I will say that. And like I said, Tom was actually pretty solid and actually hope was really good too. The lead he he's good at times but i definitely see some some issues with some of his acting um the narration wasn't as strong as i would have liked it to be uh it's really i really don't want to be too harsh on it you know because I, I am friends with these people so there's a little bit of bias there but i i'm trying to be fair and uh the there's actually a, a decent gore scene too, which I was a little surprised at. And there, there's a few audio scenes outside where the, it gets a little windy and, and you can't really, it's a little distorted and stuff like that. But it's that, it was like one scene um, with that. And for the most part, it's, it's pretty well done. There's actually some good shots in it. And one of the, the strongest aspects of this film was actually the writing. It's actually a very, like, solid story for what they were working with. And you, if there's one thing that I've seen in no-budget films is horrible, boring, drawn-out stories that just are so uninteresting. And that was absolutely not the case with this film. I was actually into the story. I cared to see what was going to happen. And the they're actually touching on topics that matter which you never see in these low budget films uh the idea of loss there's actually a a line that's used twice in in a different variance i don't remember exactly what it is but i thought it was actually pretty brilliant um basically the the lead like I said, he's having relationship problems with his father and he's bullied at school and stuff like that. His mom has died. And one of the lines he says is the thing I miss most about when my, the, the, th what does he say? He says, uh, the thing I miss most when my mom was alive or the thing that, well, ah, shoot, how does it say it? It's like, 
what I miss most about my mom being alive is my dad. And I thought that was like really good because his dad is alive. It's just that he's so different now since the mom died. It's like he lost his dad too. Yeah. And uh, it was it was really sort of a powerful line. Uh, and uh, it's said twice in, in a, two different ways. But overall... I don't, I don't, I gave it, I gave it a five originally, but the more I'm thinking about it, I'm going to give it a six. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, I think that it's worth checking out, especially to see like this young fledgling filmmaker, uh, do a film, which is just incredible. It's just incredible. I, I think that that's absolutely amazing. Um, so yeah. Go ahead. I will come. You will come back to me with the rest of mine. How many more do you have? A uh, good bit. No. <laughs> okay. Um. First up, as per I my survive. Ah! <laughs> All right. As per my survive O five, I watched Boogie Man. Yes. Boogie, Boogie trash. Man. Yes. Uh, trash Man. Boogie Trash. Whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, without, you know, it, it's trash. I mean, I, I saw this movie when I was younger, probably 2005, when it came out, somewhere around then, and I thought it was trash as a kid. I watched it now, thinking, eh, you know, opinions might change, and it is uh, extra trash. You know, it starts out, like, kind of cool. Uh, kid's, like, in bed, and then his dad gets, like, sucked into the closet by this boogeyman dude, and then it fast-forwards, like, 15 years, and the guy's still kind of, like, Haunted, tormented by like the memory of what happened to his dad and everyone thinks he's crazy but he's like no there's a boogeyman I swear um yeah it's just a very bland nothing impressive happens movie and it tries to use like effects like you actually see the boogeyman and it looks really bad because that's one thing with like the 2000s they started using like CGI a lot more and thinking like oh we're gonna have to show the full body ghost instead of it being in your imagination and it just looks pretty horrible um movie's very like dark too and it's just uh not a good move not a good move i get i don't even i think i gave this like a three out of ten or something like that so uh not a good one for there's survive like way five. too many of those movies yeah there's six boogeyman movies yeah i know i know and it's this one's spelled with two O's. Some of them are spelled with, like, one O. But, uh, yeah. Um, then after that, I watched The Mortuary Collection uh, 2019 for 2020, and that is on Shudder. Uh, this one is an anthology. Uh, it's got Clancy Brown as uh, the sort of wraparound guy. He works at this mortuary, and he's telling this uh, young girl these stories about uh, different ways, you know, these people died, and uh, I thought it was pretty good. It was very uh, solid. I think all the shorts were uh, rather good. Like, I don't, there was none of them I thought were bad or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I dug it quite a bit. I thought Clancy Brown was great. I like him as an actor. He, um, Dave said it, and I was thinking it too, uh, he's basically the tall man. Uh, I feel like he's definitely inspired by that. And uh, it was a cool little anthology film on Shudder. I mean, it's not little. It's like a long movie. It's like two hours. But uh, it goes by decently because uh, the shorts are good in it. So, And there's not like a ton of shorts. It's one of those ones where it's like three or four or something like that. 
So, um, yeah, that was pretty good. I gave that like a seven and a half, I believe. Um, and then after that, I watched Run for 2020, which you already talked about and you told me to check it out. Uh, and, you know, you already explained the plot. plot. A girl has many illnesses and uh, you see at the beginning that she's born, I think, premature. And the mom's like, is she going to be okay? And all that. And then it flash forwards to when the girl's a teenager and she is in a wheelchair and has takes all these medications and whatnot. Uh, but... And the mom, there seems to be something off about her. Yeah, it definitely feels like misery. And uh, to me, it felt like this Lifetime movie I used to watch a lot with my mom. And I remember the title. It was called Her Perfect Spouse. There are aspects to this that reminded me of that as well, um, oddly enough. But I thought this was really solid. A very interesting film. Um, kind of, you know knew what was going to happen and whatnot, but that didn't matter. I, I really liked the main teenage character and the mom. Uh, she played in a few things. She played in, uh, uh, what was it called? Freaking, not Split. The one that came after Split. What was that move called? Unbreakable? Not no, unbreakable the one glass. after. Glass. Yeah, she played the stupid psychiatrist woman in that, and she just has that, like, psychotic bitch look to her, so. Are you talking about um, Run? Yeah. Um, the, the actress is... She's in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, she's Sarah in other Paulson, things. Sarah Paulson, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's in other things too, but... Bird Box. Uh, oh, yeah, she's the sister. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Um, but yeah, I thought she was good. I thought the daughter was good. Um, I thought the ending was kind of stupid. Uh, the very, end, the very, very ending, like the last scene was uncalled for. But other than that, it was good. Um, I think I gave that like an 8 out of 10, because... Even though I didn't like the very end, I still really enjoyed it. Um, then after that, I watched Alone, the correct Alone. Did you even did no, you even watch never the? Never got to it. Oh, buddy. Um, yeah, Watson was really high on this, and uh, I remember it was playing at our drive, and we didn't get to see it, but I did get to check it out. And uh, yeah, you're correct. There are two other Alones. I was looking on Letterbox. There was like a four and one, and then the one you watched. So that's annoying, but. Uh, yeah, this one was basically about this girl who is moving uh, across the country, or, you know, across the states, uh, far away. I think she's moving to, like, Washington or something. I forget where she's coming from, but it's a long drive. It's, like, a day or two drive away, so... And uh, the reason she's moving is, you gather, she had something tragic happen back home, and she's basically trying to run away from it. But while she's on her journey, there's this blatantly just creepy guy who uh keeps running into her um he just uh is always running into her on the road and whatnot and uh you know it doesn't really hold back he wants to kidnap her and he ends up doing it and then it becomes like a situation of her trying to get away from him so it's kind of like a cat and mouse movie uh but it's interesting because it goes from like road horror um to you know captivity horror to just like some wilderness survival horror so it's a lot of stuff kind of mixed into the movie um you know nothing that you haven't seen before but i i enjoyed it um i thought it was a solid film i like the main girl i like uh i definitely like the beginning aspects where it was more road horror uh than the rest of the movie but overall as a whole movie i thought it was good i could see some people like i said saying like oh it's everything that we've seen before kind of just wrapped into one but for what it was i enjoyed it i gave that an eight out of ten as well <clears throat> and then after that 
I watched His Name Was Jason from 2009. Asked my mom to get me this for Christmas, and she did. And I just popped it in uh, one night when I didn't feel like watching anything else, and I built my puzzle while watching it. So, yeah, it's a, you know, the shorn version of Crystal Lake Memories, basically. It came out before that, a uh, few years before that, and um, came out actually right before, I believe, the remake came out, because you have the cast kind of talking about it and, like, promoting it, so... That's interesting. Tom Savini is the host of the show and, uh, or the documentary. And like I said, it's just a very, uh, smaller version of what, uh, Crystal Lake Memories is. But I think it's they easier to just put on They actually reuse a lot watch. of the, some of the interviews from that, too, in Crystal Lake Memories. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not something you have to watch. It's kind of like obsolete at this point to watch this, but I just wanted it to kind of complete my Friday collection. So, uh, it's cool, though. <clears throat> then after that I watched Hereditary 2018 with Austin and because uh, he just had been wanting to rewatch it and I hadn't seen this since it came out in the theater and uh, we had a horrible theater experience which ruined the entire ending for me as we had to almost fight a 13 year old boy so I was happy to rewatch this one and uh, it's a great film I think I gave it like an 8 or an 8.5 when we first saw it but I bumped it up to a 10 because I think it is fantastic. Um, it's really scary. Uh, it's one of the scariest movies, I think, to come out in, you know, the last decade or so. And uh, it's a true horror movie. Great acting. Uh, great drama. Uh, just fantastic. Um, and then uh, he and I also watched Midsommar from 2019. And it was the director's cut, which I don't remember the original cuts enough to, like, compare what's like missing to be honest so that didn't really matter too much to me but um it's a good movie uh i feel like this one i wouldn't watch probably ever again if i'm being honest um it's just very long and uh it does kind of run a little bit slow for me at times where i'm like kind of wanting it to pick up speed when we saw it in the theater i thought it was fine and a good film and uh pretty much almost on par with hereditary but now i see like what some people mean where hereditary is far superior. Um, but I still give this an eight and a half out of 10. I mean, it is a very great film. Uh, again, you know, well shot. Uh, this one's definitely shot in a more uh, interesting way with the way he moves the camera and whatnot. Uh, he makes some cool decisions, but acting and everything is really good in this as well. So eight and a half for Midsommar. <clears throat> and then... Uh, I watched Blood Vessel 2019 on Shudder, and uh, this was a movie about these people who are at sea. They are um, kind of stranded, and they happen upon a ship, and they go on, and there are, like, these vampire people attacking them. Uh, this movie seemed cool at first, but then I just um, <clears throat> just wasn't that into it as it went on. I think I just don't like boat moves. Because this one reminded me of, like, Ghost Ship or, um, what's that movie? Below, which is, like, a submarine movie. But still, um, I just got kind of bored by it and wasn't really into the story. But, I mean, to start out, it seemed cool. And then I just kind of was like, uh, I don't really care to watch this. I gave that, like, a 6 out of 10. <clears throat> and then after that, I watched The Rental from 2020. And uh, some people were really high on this. Uh, it seemed to have a lot of mixed opinions, but... 
Uh, this is about like a group of people who, uh, uh, two couples who go out to this um, house that they rent for just like a getaway because they're, I don't know, successful and they want to get away for like a weekend. And uh, it's the most like annoying, uh, unlikable characters I've seen in a film probably this year. I just hate them all. And I think that kind of made me not really like the movie too much. I know you don't have to like characters to like the movie, but you know what? I do. Um, it just didn't really work for me that much. Um, I like the setting. It reminded me of like the beach house a little bit that also came out this year. And uh, the ending I thought was creepy, like what was all going on. But I just wasn't, I, to me, it was just like an, another okay movie. It wasn't anything that was really list worthy for me. But I know a lot of people did have it on their list, but I, I only gave it like a seven out of 10. <clears throat> and then I watched Color Out of Space from 2019 in 2020. That was also on Shudder. Yes. Uh, I think that's the last movie I even watched for the year. Um, and yeah, Nicolas Cage. Uh, this one came out like early, early in the year. And people, you know, were talking about it then. But I kind of put it off because I wasn't that interested. And... It's solid, though. I mean, a meteor, like, lands uh, on these people's farm, and uh, it starts making the family act strange and just do weird stuff. And I thought it had some decently creepy moments, and uh, it was a cool concept. Um, Nicolas Cage is Nicolas Cage, and it's uh, honestly not a big fan of his. I know people love him for how crazy he is, but to me, it's that, I don't know, I just don't really, like, I haven't liked... I didn't really like Mandy or Mom and Dad or anything like that. It just doesn't really work for me. But it was a decent movie. I, I did enjoy it. Um, I gave that like a seven and a half. <clears throat> and then uh, the last thing that I was going to talk about was a movie that was like a do-it-yourself film by Alex Edwards from the Skeleton Crew podcast. And he was your co-host on Married with Children. Correct. Yes. Right, buddy? Yeah, I was his co-host. <clears throat> oh, that's what I meant to say. But, uh... Whatever, dude. Um, yeah, but he made a movie with his homies, uh, that is a fan film for Friday the 13th. He called it Friday the 13th, Nine Lives, and, uh... I think assume it takes place after eight. <clears throat> after what? Eight. Um... It's not, it's just, like, its own thing. Like, its own entity. Um, but, yeah, he made it with his friends, and, uh, I think he just shot it, like, I read the description on the Skeleton Crew page, and it said it was just shot, like, on a cell phone, and it's actually pretty good. Uh, there, you know, there's a plot, and it's pretty, you know, basic, um, kind of about this woman whose brother is murdered by... Jason, and then a few years pass, and uh, there's some other murders going on, so they're like, oh shit, it might be Jason again, and uh, they go back to the, you know, camp, and uh, to check things out, and then you see Jason kind of lurking around, and then uh, they go to a drive-in, and then they have a party at the end, and the drive-in they go into is actually the Mahoning drive-in, which you and I have been to twice now. Uh, because Alex lives in New Jersey, so that's, like, right. That's only, like, an hour away for him, where it's, like, five and a half hours for us. But 
I thought that was cool because I immediately recognized where that was shot. And honestly, this is pretty solid. It was pretty fun to watch. Uh, pretty easy thing to watch. It's not even that short. It's like an hour and nine minutes. So they actually made like a full length type of movie here. It's not just like a 30 minutes, a 45 minute thing. And uh, you can just tell they had a lot of fun with it and that they were big fans of the franchise. A uh, lot of nods to the films, a lot of lines that were, you know, kind of from the films and whatnot. Uh, the effects in it, I thought were pretty good. I think maybe his wife did them but i might be wrong on that uh but i mean they they were solid the way they were done and the kills looked like actual jason kills he puts in music from the films as well and i think it's utilized in a good way it's not over the top and obnoxious where it's like hey look what we're doing this is this uh he actually uses them in a creative way and uh there's a lot of shots of jason that are really solid as well uh some that i definitely if i was playing that character I wouldn't be able to do. I'd probably like fall over, start laughing. So I definitely give props for that. Um, a lot of shots that are just of scenery that I thought he did really well too. Um, like I said, I think they were, it was just done on a phone, but the quality is really good. So I dug that and it was just a fun, fun little movie, you know, um, fun little fan service and I recommend it. So if you want to check that out, that is on the Skeleton Cruise youtube channel and uh i checked you just type in the skeleton crew and it's pretty much the first thing to come up so uh yeah definitely check that out i know it's been shared around in group pages as well and i think it actually dropped on itunes so uh yeah that was pretty good uh and that is everything i have watched all right uh that wasn't everything but we will get to the other two things that you watched would you like to throw more shade? <laughs> um, okay, so Don't Listen 2020. This was a, I don't know, like Spanish or something. I don't know what country it was. Netflix film. Uh, it was dubbed. And uh, it's about a guy who loses his son in this house. They're messing up and hears this ghostly call. So he enlists help of this paranormal guy. And uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, some scary stuff in there. I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Uh, then I watched Come to Daddy, the Elijah Wood movie. This is something that we were actually going to cover on the podcast months and months and months ago. Uh, but we just never got to it. And, you know, uh, it probably was for a good cause because it's not really 100% a horror film. Basically, Elijah Wood is like this dude and he gets a letter from his dad who he never met to come visit him. And it's kind of weird. And he's like, OK, this is awkward and uncomfortable. Uh, Elijah Wood is great in it. The story goes all over the place in the third act, but I thought it was I thought it was decent. I didn't love it or anything. I gave it a six out of ten, um, or six point five. Sorry, six point five out of ten. Then I watched Random Acts of Violence, which follows this comic book artist, and there's somebody that he based his comic books off of a real life killer, and uh, the seems like the killer is aware and is killing people and there's this whole idea um they actually listen to 22 shots dave goes into it um pretty big um when we were talking about all the types of films and different things that we watch and stuff like that and uh he talks about the it came up on there uh like the commentary there of like 
violence and art and stuff like that. Um, I thought it was decent. I feel like I need to rewatch it at some point, not anytime soon, but down the road because kind of didn't see it in the light that Dave did. So I gave it a seven out of 10. Uh, then I watched The Call, which was a Asian film for, uh, Netflix did. And this one was really interesting, actually. It was something kind of different. Um, basically, there is a uh, woman who is connected to another woman 20 years apart uh, via a phone call. And uh, it's re- it was really kind of interesting movie. I, it, it was, did you watch this one? No, it was one of the ones I wish I would have got to, but I just ran out of time. Yeah, really good movie. Um, I gave that one an 8 out of 10. Um, And then, I guess I'll circle back to those. I watched The Rental from 2020. And this one you didn't like, but I thought was great. I really liked it. I didn't just... I mean, I didn't not like it. Like, I'm just saying I thought everyone was fucking annoying, so it kind of took up there's the f word uh but it like i, I just didn't care at all it, like what a boring what a lame trip they're all so lame like she's like no i'll just do the shrooms tomorrow or whatever drug they had it's like just do them now you're on a weekend vacation and then the next day it's like oh we're too tired to go for a walk we just want to like it's just like everything is so they're so lame you're lame I hate it you're lame you're lame you're lame and nothing scared like it's not you it's just to me it was kind of like Okay. Like I thought it had a really good cast. No, buddy, it sucked. Um, anyway, I gave it an 8 out of 10. Fine. And then I watched Follow Me, a.k.a. No Escape. This is another one of those sort of um, types of movies that follows like an influencer. This guy has like 12 million subs, and he's uh, for his birthday or anniversary or something or milestone he goes uh to an escape room in russia that's like invite only and it's like oh shit is this escape room real and it's uh you know kind of like saw hostile-esque it, there's some moments of comedy in it too that i, I think it actually worked i i just really liked it i thought it was super cool um and it is a pretty good watch um i gave it a seven out of ten one of the flyer movies i watched towards the end there um and then i watched fingers from the year 2019 this film actually has uh stars jeremy gardner um with it and it basically follows um a um woman who has an issue with physical imperfections uh, her coworker shows up with a missing pinky and she kind of loses it. Um, honestly, like if I'm going to be a hundred percent honest, this is probably the one that I squeezed in towards the end and, and didn't give my full attention to. It seemed kind of funny. Like Jeremy Gardner was like really funny in it. Um, but I wasn't super into the movie. I gave it a five and a half, six out of 10. Um, and then I watched Synchronic from 2020, and this was from the guys who did The Endless, and I was really interested in checking this one out. I heard it was more of a sci-fi film than a horror film, and it is. I think there are some horror elements in there, though. Um, well Go USA actually sent me a Blu-ray of this that I ended up watching, 
and they actually sent me uh, a copy to give away. So I'm going to give it away on this show. And I uh, shall take it. I actually have another copy to, that I'll give away on 22 shots, even though I asked for it uh, for I, this show. No, um, I shall take it. You don't even want this movie, buddy. It's a oh. sci-fi film. Ooh, um, no, cool. you would probably like it. But um, So cool. the way you can get this copy of Synchronic uh, must be in the U.S. because I don't feel like paying ridiculous shipping prices right now. But all you have to do is either leave a comment on YouTube or in the Facebook group uh, His and Hers Movie Podcast when this episode gets posted. So uh, I will leave it up for a month. So anybody that comments on that will be entered. I'll pull a random name and I'll give away a copy of Synchronic, courtesy of WellGo USA. I imagine we will probably get Dustin to comment. So Dustin... You'll probably win a copy of Synchronic. Can I comment? <laughs> no, buddy. What if I log into my other account and comment? Then you won't. Then know. I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Right. So this this film follows a paramedic who is noticing a bunch of overdoses in his town, and he uh, it's because of this new designer drug called Synchronic. And he begins to investigate it when, uh, and he begins to um, look into the disappearance of his uh, paramedic buddy's daughter. And she, he believes that it has to do with Synchronic, and Synchronic seems to bend space and time. It was a pretty cool movie. Uh, there's some some uh, good good sci-fi action in this one. Um, the lead is very good. Sort of the way the synchronic stuff works is very interesting. Like it takes you back into time in like different eras and places. Like, but it depends like where you are when you take it and stuff like that. And there's all these um, different like he goes to like the swamp area and then you know uh, uh, sort of um, winter tundra type thing. And uh, the story is just very interesting. And they actually show off some junkies and stuff like that in the beginning of the movie and i thought that they handled that really well as really well too which their first movie that these guys did um before the endless it was about that guy who gets his buddy off of heroin or whatever you know what i'm talking about uh yeah resolution yeah which i've never seen but i've always wanted to i wonder if these guys have a history with substance abuse or somebody in their family did because they seem to sort of nail that aspect of it um so i thought that was neat um i'm familiar with that as well um but yeah this is a really good sci-fi film i thought it was pretty great so i gave it a eight out of ten um and then last night after we recorded 22 shots I popped in Full Metal Jacket on 4K, and I thought it was absolutely amazing. It's an all-time classic. I think that Kubrick is a freaking master, and uh, Full Metal Jacket is in my top five favorite films of all time. I love the music. I love the way it's shot. Uh, the um, city of Hue, the um, Vietni- Vietnam- Vietnamese town, uh, the city, um, was actually all shot at an abandoned gas works in East London, which just blows my damn mind. One of the best set pieces of all time. The 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 city that's like turned into rubble. Like you've seen it. I made you watch this movie before. 
Correct. You Do you did. remember like the big city where like it's all rubble and stuff like that? Yes. Like yeah. that was shot in London, dude. <laughs> and um, I just think it's ab- like all those buildings that were like crumbly and stuff. Those were real buildings. You know what I mean? So that's why mm-hmm. it looks so phenomenal. And the 4K, whew, boy, it was like knocking my socks off in that end scene. Um, the beginning isn't as great. You know, the 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 uh, pale blue um, lighting and stuff in the nighttime scenes in, in the boot camp and stuff all look great. But uh, really where the 4K shines is the end sequences in the, uh, you know, bomb-stricken city of Wei uh with the fire and the orange glowing you know backdrop like i almost popped it in and watched it again (laughs) like because i was just so blown away and like even the very final scene where they're walking uh down the perfume river and they're singing m-i-c-k-e-y-m-o-u-s-c you know that that john yes i know with it with the fire the the orange skies and the fire dude it is just absolutely beautiful like i i lose my mind watching that movie because i'm just i every single scene is not wasted in that movie every single scene is purposeful which is a lot a lot of what kubrick did and why he was a master but boy that that movie blew me away the 4k transfer I, i have one complaint so you come at me, or you come at the whole pod being like, uh, the Golden Glove I didn't want to watch because it's a boxing move. But, and you used to come at me because I didn't want to watch Full Metal Jacket. But I didn't want to watch a movie about a jacket. Buddy, but see, the thing you don't understand is Full Metal Jacket is a type of ammunition. No, buddy, I just thought that it was about people who were very cold, so they needed a Full Metal Jacket to no, wear. a Metal Jacket would make you more cold because metal, uh is conducive uh right that's why i thought they were stupid for wearing a full metal jacket so i thought this movie's gonna be stupid you're stupid no it's a a masterpiece buddy masterpiece i'm funny okay i want to make you watch it like 30 times like i used to my friends oh dude i I, it it was a really good movie i agree yeah you shall watch it again with me when uh every day every week once a week no no, I, I want to watch movies for fun. <laughs> this was me watching a move for fun. As soon as I got off, I was like, I am watching a move for fun. And what better move than Full Metal Jacket on 4K? So, but yeah, I have so many. Like, I was looking at my collection and I was like, I'm going to watch a move for fun tonight, which I guess I'll just talk about that on the next show. But anyway, I was like looking and I was like overwhelmed because I had a lot of moves for fun that I felt like watching. And I hate when that happens because I was scared. I was like, what if I picked the wrong move to watch? Shut up. Um, so, yeah, then me and you watched Alien in the theater, and we did have to jet out a little early. I think there was probably, like, 15 minutes left due to a family emergency. Everything is fine now, though. Um, but, yeah, we, we've seen Alien in the theater before. I think it's a classic. Every time I watch it, I like it more and more. Um... Yeah, we saw it, like, I think, yeah, two years ago, because for the 40th anniversary, I remember we watched it, and it's from 79. Um, I do like it. I, it's, a, it's a weird movie, because I remember I watched it for the first time, like, 
at home, and I was like, wow, that was a great film. And then I feel like when we watched it in the theater last year, I was kind of bored by it. But then watching it this time again, I liked it again, like, more than the last time. So Well, it's probably because I explained to you that they were basically truck drivers and you saw it in the new perspective. No, not at all. Um, I just <laughs> felt that I wasn't, uh, like... It is a slow, you know, a slower film at times, but I was more intrigued by it, and the set design is amazing, and uh, the alien is very scary. Like that's just a very scary design it has. Yeah. So I think I've always thought that like the actual alien is super creepy looking. So I do appreciate that aspect of it. Yeah, it made me want to watch the other ones, honestly. Uh, it did not do that for me, but no, it's a good movie. I do like this. Movie. Ten out of ten for myself. I give it an eight and a half. Ten out of ten for me for Full Metal Jacket too. Cool. And then we watch Fatal, which is a film that Fatal. came out. In, Fatal. It came out in 2020, but um, we saw it in the theater this this past week. Uh, I think it was on VOD or something like that. I, I thought it was our first 2021 movie, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a thriller. Uh, it follows the guy who was the lead in... What was that movie we watched last year? Uh, the Intruder with Dennis Quaid. Yeah. Um, basically, a super rich uh, black man who came from a bad neighborhood and um, got into some legal trouble, turns his life around, and he created an empire for this i don't even know what the hell it was what was it like an agency or something it was some kind of agency or something like that i don't know dude i don't understand business like i hate when i'm watching people like we just closed the deal i'm like what are you talking about you're so boring he he you know he's probably like a multi-millionaire uh he has really nice car really nice house he has he's married he has a wife he thinks his wife might be cheating on him so he takes off to vegas for a wedding and he his friend kind of convinces him like hey you know take your ring off which i try to explain to carly if you're not wearing the ring you're technically not married so she didn't seem to buy that though but it is a yeah, rule in real life pig you're a pig <laughs> what don't get married to anybody, dude. You're, in, like, so gross. No, but I'm just saying, like, there's there's rules to this shit. There's no rule. You're married. Yeah, but if you don't have the ring everything. on... Christ is watching, buddy. Christ is watching. <laughs> you don't have the ring on. You just don't understand. Like, these are this isn't something they made up for the movie. This is an actual real-life thing. Yeah, for scumbags. <laughs> Or people that think that their wife is cheating on them so they have nothing to lose, I guess, in the case of this film. Yeah, so he cheats on his wife, um, and then the person that he cheats on his wife with ends up re-entering his life unexpectedly. And uh, I was, like, into it by that point. I was like, oh, this is this is pretty cool. Like, I like where this is going. It's, it's thrilling. It's, like, intense. I, I dug it. And then I just feel like went so standard and basic thriller in the third act that i was just like Ugh. and it i i still gave it a passable rating i still thought it was pretty decent i thought the acting was really good hillary swanks in this she does a really good job uh, i thought the lead was really good but the, just the story was a little too by the numbers for me in this third act so oh and <laughs> i literally was pissed at the ending so that that knocked off yeah. a full half point for me not only i just felt like there was a lot of dumb 
stuff in the film, like characters doing dumb stuff, like with his cousins, and then like I just felt like people were always well, that, walking. Yeah, that honestly, the cousin was extremely dumb to me. That was like really annoying and like predictable. That whole scene, and uh, I just felt like there was like four scenes of people just walking around other people's houses somehow. Like it was just, I guess everyone leaves their doors unlocked, but. No, this movie was okay at the beginning. I, I was super into it, too, because I went into it thinking, oh, this is probably going to be very lame. And I liked it because it wasn't... It didn't seem overly predictable at the start, and then it got to the point where you pretty much knew everything that was going to happen. And like you said, the ending did not make a lick of sense. And, uh, yeah, it, it definitely brought it down for me. I hate when that... Like, I hate when a move just, like, falls apart. It feels like it has potential... And it doesn't. Yeah. Also, you and I just, like, rich people, right? They just, everything about their houses is, like, plain and just rich people-y looking. Like, if I was rich, I would have, like, everything be rich but, like, whore hair themed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's mainly movies. I think they just don't want to put any name brand stuff in the movie. Yeah, it's just, like, I, I don't know, though, dude. I feel like even... I had a few, like, rich or more wealthy friends growing up, and their houses were just so perfect and, like, clean, and it didn't look like anyone lived in them, and it didn't look like they even liked the stuff that was in them, and I just never understood that. Like, you're rich, so make your house, like, for you, but I don't know, that's just something that I've noticed, and I guess this guy has been typecast as, like, the successful rich, like, black guy, because I think that's what he was in that intruder move. Yeah. But I think he's also the guy in the Jacob's Ladder remake, but I haven't seen that. But I've seen like the trailer, and I'm pretty sure I that's. I think the he's same. pretty talented, but yeah, I just. I think he keeps getting just... bad role. Like uh, he keeps playing. Well, I, like, the... I, I, I didn't mind Intruder. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I like that movie. But like a lot of people hated that. Like thought it was garbage. So I feel bad for him because he's like being in like typical thrillers, kind of paint by number thrillers. Because Intruder is like a little bit stuff I've seen before too but no I gave the movie a 6 out of 10 okay um okay so let's go to the alright so we're gonna go to the films of 2021 um I have a I have a bunch here and uh what we'll do is we'll just briefly discuss each one our thoughts on it and then uh we will give a top 10 of the ones we're most anticipated to see all right all right okay so the first film here that i have and these are kind of in no particular order um is a film titled wrong turn which uh at first i think it was called wrong turn the foundation but now it's just labeled as wrong turn this actually comes out at the end of the month theatrically what, what? That's what I thought. yeah theatrically so we may actually get a chance to see this and we would actually cover it on the show if we do so that's kind of cool but it is a what the seventh wrong turn movie i believe now i hear that it's sort of a little bit of a remake in a way or like a reboot i think the original director is coming back to direct this one or he he wrote the original writer came back to write this one um it's 
directed by the guy who is directing the um or he directed the domestics which i know you liked i did yes yeah so the the writer of this film wrote the original wrong turn he also wrote had a writing credit on halloween four Oh. Yeah, so um, Alan B. McElroy. Actually, a, a black writer. I didn't even know that. Um, so yeah, this film is, is described as backwoods terror and never jangling suspense meet when Jen and a group of friends set out to hike the Appalachian Trail. Despite warnings to stick to the trail, the hikers stray off course. And of course and cross into the land inhabited by the foundation a hidden community of mountain dwellers who use deadly means to protect their way of life suddenly under siege jen and her friends seem headed to the point of no return unless jen's father can reach them in time uh how do you feel about the wrong turn franchise uh well i was gonna say i don't really i can't really give a full opinion because i haven't seen them all oddly enough i just when you and I, because unfortunately that store, Cash and Culture, that we like is going out of business, we picked up a bunch of DVDs there the other day, and two of the ones I grabbed were Wrong Turn 4 and Wrong Turn 6, because I have one, two, I don't have three, but I have five as well. So I've only seen part one, two, and five. Um, and the reason I watched part five was because it was kind of set on Halloween, and that's back when I started YouTube and was doing 31 Days of Horror Hair, and I was trying to do all Halloween setting films, so I've only seen those ones. Uh, I do like the first one a lot. I think it's really good. Uh, the second one I remember having fun with. Uh, part five I thought was mediocre, but like still, you know, passable like as a fun movie, so um, I don't know. I think it's kind of you know, you're saying it's like a considered like a reboot remake. I think that's kind of stupid to even say because aren't all these movies these movies aren't even related to begin with? So why can't it just be part seven? Like no, they they have continuity. <laughs> Some of them. Nobody. Yeah, because um, part one, but part two is a direct sequel to part one. Part three is one that's sort of standalone. Part four is a prequel, and uh, I don't. I've never seen five or six. Uh, well, part. I mean, I know part five is not related. I don't know about part six, but okay, whatever. I guess. Um, no, but I, I. I mean, I'm. I'm kind of. I'm a little curious on it. I wish I had seen the whole franchise beforehand, but I am curious because I think. I just think the concept makes for a fun movie, at least, even if it's not super good. Well, I will say this: it seems as if this one has a budget, which the yeah. first film had a budget. The second film had way less of a budget and went direct to video, and then it was direct to video all through up to part six. But it's, I've always heard this franchise was very successful on video, so it seems like they're giving it a budget this time. So mm. yeah, definitely curious on it. Uh, I, I think with a budget, it could be, <gasps> excuse me, uh, pretty pretty good. Yeah, I agree. Um, Okay, next up here is A Quiet Place Part 2. 
following the film's first events, the Abbott family is forced to venture beyond the home they'd made for themselves. They util- they realize the creatures that hunt by sound are not the only threats that lurk beyond the sand path. Uh, this is, of course, directed by John Krasinski again, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he of course was the director of the first one he also played jim in the office um pretty much a loved figure in pop culture yeah um and yeah it is a sequel to the quiet uh, a quiet place which i did not expect them to do um and it actually seems like a direct sequel which is pretty interesting i know Mm -hmm. it was filmed and completed and scheduled for release right before the pandemic hit so hopefully we can get it this year yeah i think we actually had ticks for it and then everything got destroyed so that's like my last memory of the world before the world um no but i i mean this one i i enjoyed the first one i've only seen the first one that one time we saw it in the theater i gave it like an eight out of ten i thought it was good uh cool theater experience since everyone was being quiet and afraid to chew popcorn or do anything because the move was very quiet um and i like that it's a direct sequel and has you know the same cast coming back because a lot of times nowadays you don't really get that you barely even get sequels or anything it seems like so you know i think if it's gonna be anything like the first one it's probably gonna be successful uh the trailer I thought it looked pretty good, so uh, I, I say I'm excited for it. What yeah, about and that, you? that one's uh, scheduled for April. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely interested in it. I don't expect it to be as good. I thought the first one, the first one made my top ten, uh, mm-hmm. but it is one of my favorite theatrical experiences that I had um, in the last couple of years. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah. All right, uh, let's see here. Um, the next one is the escape room 2 which this was uh a film that came out in dump month i believe not last year but the first the the year before 2019 uh that we actually really ended up enjoying and this is a direct follow-up i believe and i think two of the actors are returning it's basically escape room movie i thought it was pretty cool it it didn't blow me away anything but i gave it like a six and a half seven out of ten so i'm looking forward to that one yeah, I am too. Um, you know, at this point, it, it's kind of like forgettable almost. But I did. I remember the sets were like actually really good in that movie, and I was pleasantly surprised by it. Um, I remember thinking the ending was kind of lame, but because it was trying really hard to set for a sequel, and that is what it has done. So, yeah, I'm look. I, I think it would be it'll be a fun movie. Hopefully, if it's you know of the same quality as the first one. Yeah, <clears> I, I just think like the creativity you can do with the escape rooms could be fun hopefully it actually involves escape rooms (laughs) yeah um okay then we have uh last night in soho uh this one's scheduled for april 23rd this is directed by edgar wright of course from Shaun of the dead fame starring anya taylor joy and it follows a fashion obsessed girl who finds a way to travel back to 1960s where she encounters her idol, a charismatic, aspiring young singer. But 1960s London is not what it seems, and the time seems to fall apart with shady consequences. This one sounded really interesting to me because um, it's Edgar Wright, who I do think is a 
good filmmaker um but it sounds like it's more like not a comedy and obviously Anya Taylor-Joy is like one of my freaking favorites so yes you have made that clear um yeah I thought this one sounded cool I like the sound of the plot so I am definitely curious on it yes yes and then you can just go bang on your Taylor Joy and we will go on I wish I wish I know you do okay um so one film that I thought was 2021 but I just realized is 2022 which is like yuck is the new Scream film so yeah can't include that yeah. Uh, okay, then we have the, the Northman, Robert Edgers. Now, I'm not 100% sure if this is 2021. It doesn't have a release date yet, but I'm hoping it is. This is a huge movie. Robert Edgers, of course, from The Witch Fame and The Lighthouse, uh, starring Alexander Skarsgård, Anya Taylor-Joy, Nicole Kidman, Ethan Hawke, William Dafoe, a bunch mm. of other people. This is a movie set in Iceland at the turn of the 10th century. A Nordic prince sets out on a mission of revenge after his father is murdered. Oh, Lord. Sounds amazing. Yeah, I heard... I, heard, I thought I heard this one's, like, not really whore hair. But I guess... It's probably not going to be. Yeah, I it's guess... It's probably... It says adventure, history, thriller, drama. Oh, God. But I will still see the hell out of it. I don't know if I can handle this. This guy makes things too accurate, and I just feel that I'm not going up. to understand. What? I, I, no, I'm being... He's a fantastic filmmaker. I'm just going to be scared. I'm going to be like, I don't know what's happening in yeah. this movie. All right. Well, again, I, I'm not... I pulled that one up. It wasn't even on the list that I had. I just remembered it all of a sudden. So, yeah. Um, not sure if it's actually, you know, going to be released this year or not um no. then we have the reckoning which is the new neil marshall film uh of course neil marshall from the wonderful dog soldiers as well as the descent oh i like the descent and dog soldiers yep uh in the aftermath of the great plague amidst the subsequent witch hunts against women a young widow grapples with the tragic death of her husband in a society completely consumed by fear and death because she re rejects the advances of her landlord she is falsely accused of being a witch and is thrown in jail for a crime she didn't commit she must endure the physical persecution at the hands of the england's most ruthless witch hunter and face her own inner demons as the devil himself starts to work his way into her mind this sounds awesome. This is a period piece. Um, definitely um, one of the films I was most excited to check out. I yeah, think even actually, last year. I don't. I think was this on my list last year. I can't even remember. Like 2019. I, even, I think that it. I think I knew about it in 2019. I don't even remember anything about this movie, but I think that plot sounds really good. I think I would probably enjoy that. So. Yeah, it's exciting. been on my radar because the the stills that came out when it was playing at Fantasia Fest, mm. I was like, oh, this looks very atmospheric and cool. Yeah, and like I said, that guy, I mean, The Descent and Dog Soldiers are both really good movies, so I have faith this would probably be good, too. Yeah. Um, okay, what else do we have here? Um, Godzilla vs. King Kong. 
King Kong and Godzilla duke it out for dominance in the King of the Monsters heavyweight championship event. Of course, this is directed by Adam Wingard. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it because it's giant monsters fighting and I like King Kong a lot. Uh... I don't know. I don't think I... I feel like I probably won't like this, uh, but who knows? I mean, I like King Kong more than Godzilla, so at least... Did you see Skull Island? No, I didn't get around to that one. I thought it was a really solid one. I like that way more than um, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yeah, that Godzilla movie I almost fell asleep during, so that's why I like... I did fall asleep during it. Yeah, I think you probably did. That was when you used to fall asleep during everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, then we have Spiral from the Book of Saw. This is kind of interesting. Chris Rock stars and produces. He apparently, the backstory goes that he was at Lions, he met one of the Lionsgate executives at like a party or something like that. And he was like, yo, I have this crazy good idea for a Saw movie. <laughs> Just it, That's how it kind of came <laughs> to fruition. Um, of course, the last time we saw Saw was Jigsaw back in 2018 or so. So, you know, a, a franchise that laid dormant for many years kind of got resurrected. Didn't really do too well, but it looks like they're giving it another go. And personally, I'm very excited about that. Darren Lynn Bowsman returns to direct in the ninth Saw film. Nine! It's crazy there's nine Saw movies. But uh, he, of course, directed part two, three, and four. So he directed, in my opinion, the best one in part three. The best sequel, that is. Um, also, Samuel L. Jackson is this one. Is in this one. Nobody really knows what's going on in it or the story. And I think that's good. I don't want to know too much about it. But it, it, looks, it looks like it's going to be... It looks kind of interesting. I think that it's going to be a return to form. Yeah, I mean, I'm not... First of all, can we talk about... How many movies are titled Spiral? There's a lot. There is a lot. Like, there was one that just came out this year. There is Adam Green's Spiral. There is freaking... What is it? That one that I made us watch. Uzumaki is called Spiral. There are too many Spirals. Um, No, I don't know, dude. I'm not one to get excited about Saw movies. I did enjoy Jigsaw, even though everyone else thought it was trash bags. I had fun with that movie, I will say. But this, this looks... This looks different but they might just be like making the trailer like completely not what it seems who knows it seems Uh, like they're holding back on any of the gore or there won't be gore so yeah but i've never been like i'm not huge on the i didn't grow up watching the saw movies because i just thought they were too much for me i don't i've just never been into like the torture depressing saw moves but who knows i mean obviously we will go see it and it's cool that they're still coming out with them but See, I'm like not, Jeremy like, says, this is our, this is like me and Jeremy's Friday the 13th franchise. Yeah, stop saying that's like not cool. Why? It's true. It's lame. It's not lame. It's a good franchise. It's one of the best. All right. It's one of the, the out of modern franchises, it's probably the best. I just feel like they're doing the thing where now they're making too many of them. To no, work. never. I want yes. one every year. Dude, no, this isn't see, like you, Friday you, where there's fun moves. It's not fun moves, they're depressing moves. What's they, the they move? They are fun moves. Uh, <laughs> they're not fun at all. They are. Here's the thing. You were too young. You, this isn't your generation. But when I was in middle school and high school, 
Like, every year when one of these came out, like, everybody was so hyped to see it. It was so neat. Dude, like, first of all, Jeremy's only, like, three years older than me. And second that of matters, all, I remember... Though, in... when you're talking about, like, 2003 and, 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 and four, let me though. finish, let me finish. And, like, I swear in elementary school, there were kids being like, yay, the new Saw is coming out. So, don't tell me. I just don't like tortures. Okay, well, I think that it's pretty exciting. Don't tell me. Um, and then we have The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, the third in the Conjuring mainline series. Of course, we've had tons of spinoffs with the health. There's more Annabelle movies than Conjuring movies. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it is. Um, but this will tie that back up. Of course, The Nun and The Curse of La Llorona. Um, This one is a little bit different. Instead of like them just investigating a haunting um, they are actually involved in a court case where a murder suspect claims demonic p possession as his defense, and they're trying to prove if he's indeed telling the truth. Of course, we have Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson returning. The one thing that kind of worries me about this, no James Wan directing, and the director is Michael Chavez, the director of The Curse of La Llorona, which is, in my opinion, the worst of The Conjuring films. Mm -hmm. yeah um i'm so excited just because i do like uh all the movies per well i don't like annabelle and i don't like curse of la Llorona, which i barely even count it's just like shoehorned in there to make it like oh look it's part of the universe yay it is part um, of the universe buddy it is they, they forced buddy there's just a scene of him carrying the doll and it's like this is how we're gonna make bank by saying it's part of the universe but i am so excited because i do enjoy uh the other films but i do also agree because i think the conjuring one and two are both uh fantastic near perfect movies and you know i think the directing style being different might harm it a little bit but i am open-minded on it at least all right um then we have ghostbusters afterlife the fourth of the ghostbusters films uh, I've never been a huge fan of this series, never even seen the third one, but it says when a mom and her two kids arrive in a small town, they begin to discover their connection to the original Ghostbusters and the secret legacy their grandfather left behind. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm interested, I guess. The trailer looked kind of fun. I really don't care because, to be honest, I don't think I've ever seen a single Ghostbusters movie. Oh, really? All I the way through. Like the first one. I might, I might have. Ah, uh, no, I don't know. I know the movie's been on TV like when I was a young, young child, but I can't say that I ever sat through the film, so I can't really give. I can't really say like, yay, I'm excited. All right, and then we have the Forever Purge. Uh, this one's slated for July. The final supposed entry in the Purge series, I believe it's, what, the fifth one? Mm-hmm. The Forever Purge follows uh, two people who find solace at a Texas ranch having fled the drug cartel in Mexico. They'll run into trouble when a group of outsiders decides to keep purging beyond the allotted time when people can break all the laws. Um... I don't think me or you are really a big fan of the Purge series, but I'm always interested in seeing what they can do. I think I like the uh, the concept of this one. That's a little bit different. Um, 
but no, I'm not a fan. I mean, we've I've seen them all, and I think they're all fine. I don't think they're bad at all. I just don't get excited for them. Some people really enjoy them, and I just it's just kind of another franchise that I'm very average on. But whatever, I'm kind of just whatever on it. All right, um, Don't Breathe 2. Fetty Alvarez co-wrote this surprise sequel. Uh, Stephen Lang returns as the blind man. Um, there's not a... Uh, the, so, um, the blind man has been hiding for out for years in an isolated cabin is taken in and raised the young girl orphan from a house fire. He'll have to leave his haven to save her once she's kidnapped it's kind of i'm not sure how i feel about this like it's weird it is weird um i really enjoyed don't breathe um, me too it made my top 10 oh did it yep that was before i got in that was the year before i got involved in that so i probably had watched only like 10 movies for that year and that was one of them but yeah, I, I really dug Don't Breathe. Um, I didn't feel that it was a movie that needed a sequel. And this idea... I like the fact that they have the blind man coming back. But I think the idea just sounds a little iffy to me. I don't know about that. Yeah, it sounds like he's the protagonist. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't think. All right. Um, Who knows? Candyman. Directed by Nia DaCosta. Produced by Jordan Peele. A spiritual sequel returns to cabrini green visual artist and his girlfriend uh move there to learn about the horrors of the slasher story firsthand pretty interested in candy man not gonna lie uh yes i am very interested uh, i think it looks the trailer looks fantastic and i i have very high hopes for it and i usually don't get super hype on movies but this one actually looks really good and i i i hope it lives up to what i think it is going to live up to all right we have resident evil this is a reboot uh from the director of 47 meters down and the strangers play pray at night um apparently this one is supposed to be rooted in the first two games mythology so that's i think what everybody wanted from the resident evil series like the only way I see to reboot the Resident Evil series of movies is if they're going to actually try to make it a horror movie based on the games. Not an action yeah. movie loosely based on the games. Yeah, they could legit like make a completely different story with all this. Um, I don't mind the Resident Evil, you know the first one and like the second one and whatnot so i think that's all i've seen is like the first two but i see why people who like the games have complaints and i think that something can definitely be done with that so i am a little bit intrigued with this yep um and then we have the collected uh, which is the third collector film not much is known other than it's directed by marcus dunstan who made the first two and it's another collector movie i've only seen the first one which i really liked uh never seen any n never seen either of them so again can't really say much but i've heard that they're good so you should check out the first one for sure you know what's absolutely crazy what? so the collector came out in 2009 right, right. 
the collection I remember when I got into like podcasting and and YouTube and stuff was 2012 we started the podcast in 2013 and I remember Jeremy talking about the collection when it was like brand new it like just came out that past year what's crazy is 2009 to 12 seemed like so far apart like I always thought that it was one of those movies where the sequel was made years down the road but really it was only three years later and now it's been like eight years nine yeah which is nuts kind of crazy um so yeah the collected um and then we have orphan first kill Uh, i don't know if this is actually supposed to come out in 2021 or if it's 2022 i don't see any details on it but the lead actress from the first film um who played the uh little girl is uh isabella further Furman or something something. she returns supposed to be a prequel i'm kind of interested to see she still looks really young Mm -hmm. she was actually a child though when she acted right she wasn't like a grown-up right she yeah she's the uh same age as me in real life she played in that tape movie that we just watched tape tape that we did on the pod buddy i don't remember any movie called tape Buddy, the the rapey movie where she, like she she auditions for that move and then the oh, guy's like, tape, tape. I buddy, forgot all tape. about that movie. Yeah, but remember she looks exactly the same. Was that even on my list? Did I even did I forget to put that? Did I watch a hundred and one movies? Dude, I don't I don't know, but clearly you don't. You just, we, we did it on the pod and you don't even recall it. Hell no, we did like fifty movies on the pod. Well, I recall the things we do. Okay, this pod is special to me. I don't know about you. I feel like we're uh, the only people on the planet that actually saw that movie. Me too. No one, no one said a thing about that. So that's kind of weird. You know what? I don't see it on my list. Hmm. Do you know when we watched it? I don't know that. I don't even know what episode that would have been. It was a while. I mean, it was a while back. I know that much, but I don't know. Let's see if yeah, I can find I didn't it. Put it. I watched 101 movies. Nice. 101 Dalmatians. Cool, because it's not on my list. Alright, that's awesome. Alright, so, uh, yeah. Orphan First Kill. Uh, Tape was episode 24, which was six months ago. What was before it? Dude, I just exited out of the thing. <laughs> you should have known. My... No, I don't know, dude. Um, I don't so the the lead from orphan uh orchestrates a brilliant escape from an estonian psychiatric facility and travels to america by impersonating the missing daughter of a wealthy family so this is a prequel it's gonna be sounds pretty interesting i'm super interested in this movie i love the first orphan wait what's what's the plot again she does what i'm sorry buddy well no say it again because i need to know what i'm about to say is not stupid the killer, the orphan, orchestrates a brilliant escape from an Estonian psychiatric facility and travels to America by impersonating the missing daughter of a wealthy family. Alright, so she's doing the same stuff from the first movie, and I was going to say that she could probably pull it off since she looks exactly the same. Right, but this is a prequel. Yeah. Yeah, how... Uh, 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 Isn't that kind uh. of interesting? Yeah, I don't know how... Well, the thing is, 
Yeah, I was saying she looks exactly the same, but she's also, you know, adult size. So yeah, I but don't... I don't know. See, yeah, I'm curious how they pull that off. That like, I'm wondering if she's playing, like, a teenage... Stu- nah, no, I don't know. That doesn't make like, sense. Like, I don't know if there's, like, gonna be some kind of plastic surgery at the end that, like, dwarfs her or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe she's full-sized. I don't know. It's interesting. I'm kind of curious. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, that's Orphan First Kill. Um, of course, Saint Maud was one that mm. we never got. I think it did get released in the UK, but it said it was like um, one of the hyped films that was supposed to come out last year. Having recently found God, self, f s, what's e f f a c i n g? E f f c a c a c f s. IG ING are you retarded? Efa- Dude, stop. <laughs> I don't know. Look it up. A facing? What do you say? I don't even think you spelled that right. E F F A C I N G. I don't know how simpler to spell it. Make oneself appear insignificant or inconspicuous. I'm not asking what it means. I'm asking I know how you're not. It. I'm looking what how it means. Do you I don't say know it? what it means. I don't know. I guess E-Face. It says F-Face. F-Face, I guess. I don't know, dude. Um, you could have uh, looked that up, nurse, too, though. Maud arrives at a plush home to care for Amanda. A hedon... What? Hedonistic dancer left frail from a chronic illness. When a chance encounter with a former colleague throws up hints of a dark past, it becomes clear... There is more to Sweet Maud than meets the eye. I hear it's pretty wonderful. Alright, well, it should be wonderful then. Yeah. Um, okay, then Fear Street. Oh, yeah. Uh, first in three movie adaptations on the book series by R.L. Stein in 1994 in the aftermath of a brutal, br- brutal tragedy in Shadyside. Ohio, a group of teens discover a series of horrifying events that plague their town for over many years, not to be random, that they may be the next victims. I have no idea how they're releasing this, but I'm curious. What can I say? Uh, yeah, me too. I mean, I didn't... I have, like, a bunch of the Fear Street books that I plan on reading one day, but I have not read them, and I did not grow up with those. Obviously, Goosebumps were more my time, so... But I'm curious. I am curious as well. Um, okay, Antlers. This is uh, the Guillermo del Toro produced film. A young teacher discovers that her troubled student's father and younger brother harbor a deadly supernatural secret. Taking the boy into her care, the teacher must fight for their survival against horrors beyond imagination. Sounds pretty cool. Uh, this is another one that was pretty hyped from last year. Yeah, I thought it looked pretty cool. I know they played a few trailers, and uh, that's definitely one that I am looking forward to. Right. Um, Okay, Terrifier 2, um, directed by Damien Leone. This film is completed, just awaiting release. After being resurrected by a sinister entity, Art the Clown returns to Miles County, where he must hunt down and destroy a teenage girl and her younger brother on Halloween night. As the body count rises, the siblings fight to stay alive while uncovering the true nature of Art's evil intent. 
I'm excited for that because I really enjoyed Terrifier. I think he is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, Art the Clown's awesome. Yeah. Right, uh, James Wan's new film, Malignant. There's no plot on this one. All I know is that it was rated R. So it's James Wan called Malignant horror movie. I love James Wan. I think he's great. His return to horror. So let's hopefully it's pretty good. Yeah. Right. Um, then we have Army of the Dead, uh, the new Zack Snyder film. During a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas, a man assembles a group of mercenaries to take the ultimate gamble venturing into the quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heist ever attempt it sounds like train to Hassan 2 yeah it does actually <laughs> i don't know to me like it just sounds like an action movie so i'm like annoyed i'm not very interested and i also don't like that title it's very generic i'm good with the title but i'm not good with the title um i'm not good with the move i don't care Alright, um, final two here, Halloween Kills, 2021, David Gordon Green, the saga of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode continue. See, that's just even dumb that that's in the title. Uh, in the next thrilling chapter of the Halloween series. I mean, it's a Halloween movie, so of course I'm excited, even though I don't really like, what, I just don't really like Halloween 20, what, 17, 18? Yeah, 2018, I didn't really care for too much, but I'm so excited because it's a major franchise move, and I want to see it. I mean, I just don't see how it could go down. Yeah. I'm hoping that Halloween 18 is one of those films that years down the road, much like Halloween 4 and 5, that I like eventually. There is stuff to it that I do like, and, I mean, if you... I don't know. I mean, listen, I hated Halloween 2 when I first seen it. I didn't hate it. I just thought it was, like, not good. No, Rob Zombie? Yeah, I just thought it... Yeah, Yeah. I thought it was not good at one point. Now I love it. I think it's amazing. Yeah, sometimes the passage of time helps. I don't see that will happen with Halloween 18, but I, I have hope for Halloween Kills. Yeah, yeah. All right, and then we have the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, is this what? What even? What is this? Like a reboot or another move? <laughs> it sounds like they're doing what Halloween did, but again. So, dude. <laughs> okay, the original is called the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The sequel, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. The third film, Leatherface, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Then we have The Texas... Or, sorry, then we have Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. And then we have The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then we have The Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning. Then we have Texas Chainsaw 3D. Then we have Leatherface. And apparently this one is called The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Again. Yeah stupid uh dude i'm like really not okay with that (laughs) i think it's very dumb i think the the imdb description says another sequel to the original texas chainsaw massacre so like every other film in the franchise but it the uh plot on letterbox is a little bit more fleshed out in 19 what 
What? What? Read it! Read Why it! are you interrupting me? Read it! I didn't know you were about to read a thing. Go ahead. What were you going to say? What? What were you going to say? All I was going to say was, like, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise is the most unfranchised franchise ever, because it doesn't have... Like, every single movie is either a direct sequel to the original or a prequel to the original or a okay. basically a remake. So, the first film is the first film, the original. What is yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2? That's a sequel to the original. Okay. What is Leatherface Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3? See, to me, that's like just another sequel to the original because it's you're, like... You're pretty much correct. Yeah. Uh, what is Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4? Uh, on the back of the case, it literally calls it a remake. So, to me, and it feels like it's trying to remake, it feels like a parody remake of the first one. Well, that's not true, even... because in the opening title scroll, it says, it talks about the first film, and then says there were two other incidents that were unrelated, discounting the second and th third film, but it's basically a sequel to the first one. Okay, so it's another sequel to the first film. And then we have the O3 film. Yes. Which is... And then it's prequel. Uh, a remake to the original. Yep, and then the 2006 beginning film. Which is a prequel to the remake. Right, and then we have Texas Chainsaw 3D. Which is a sequel to the original. And then oh, wait, we have, yeah. And then we have Leatherface. Which is a prequel to the original. Yeah, it's so it's so stupid. Like it doesn't even at least like you know Halloween like had a run of like sequels and then it like redid it, but Texas Chainsaw didn't even try. It just was like we're just gonna keep remaking the move and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, and then there's that one that never came out, All American Massacre, which was like a fan film, uh, but with Bill Mosley. Yeah. As Chop Top. Yeah. They should Done make... by Toby Hooper's son. I wish they could do that. Like, Bill Mosley could still play Chop Top. I wish they would make another yeah. movie. That's what I always kind of hoped for. What I wanted out of... I do like Leatherface, the 2017 one. But it, it I wanted to see, like, a, a movie about Chop Top, the Hitchhiker, Leatherface, and Drayton as kids. Yeah. That would have been amazing. Yes. Okay, so uh, this film, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, in 1974, the w world witnessed one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history. In 2021, <laughs> the face <laughs> of madness returned. Does that not sound like a space year? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Texas Chainsaw X. <laughs> Melody... A 25-year-old San Francisco moneymaker drags her teenage sister, Dreama, a wheelchair-bound amateur photographer, with her to Texas on a business trip out of fear of leaving her alone in the city. Once there, it's not long until they're fighting for their lives against a 60-year-old Leatherface. Does it seriously say that? Yeah. 60-year-old Leatherface? Yeah. Body. <laughs> Apparently, it's a sequel to the original. That's hilarious. They acknowledge the fact that he be old as. What do you? Be, what seventy four, eighty four, ninety four, two thousand four. 
2014. Yeah, around 60, huh? Yeah, I guess so. Um, that's interesting. Uh, that almost sounds like it's trying... I mean, you got a girl in a wheelchair that her sister Franklin. brings along. Yeah, Franklin. I picture the girl being Franklin. Go in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I picture a girl, like a young, like pretty girl doing like this. <laughs> <laughs> I just think of Dave when he got he's like of course of course Franklin's annoying <laughs> they take him to a <laughs> they take him to a swimming hole when it's 100 degrees out he's paralyzed <laughs> I forgot about that <laughs> he's like I'm tired of people saying Franklin's annoying of course he's annoying it's 100 degrees outside he's in a wheelchair and they take him to a swimming hole and leave him Miserable. in the house <laughs> alright so that's all the fi- I mean, there, obviously there's going to be a ton more like hundreds but those yeah. are the ones that I um, saw Alright, so uh, starting with your 10 to your 1, what is your number 10? Uh, number 10, I would have A Quiet Place 2. Alright. My number 10 is Fear Street. Just very generally curious about what it's going to look like. I'm hoping it's going to be like um, scary stories to tell in the dark type thing. That's what I was actually picturing. Even you reading the description sounded like it might be that way, so that could be cool. Speaking of which, they're supposed to be doing a sequel to that, too. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I do want to see that. Alright, number nine? Uh, number nine, I actually put wrong turn, because I just... I mean, it just seems like it could be a fun time. It could be a disaster, but I think it could be fun. Alright, um, and yeah, my, my list can change and stuff, like some of these other films I'm definitely interested in, but I just kind of picked the first ten that stood out. Uh, Antlers for me, number nine. Uh, curious to see what that's about. Nice, nice. Um, alright, my number eight, I actually went with Orphan First Kill, because, uh, I love Orphan, and I think it's cool that they do have that girl coming back even though i have no idea how that's gonna work but i still have hopes for it because i yeah. do really enjoy that first one yeah she was good in tape yeah that i forgot was. we watched um <laughs> i don't even know how she was in it <laughs> uh my number eight is last night in soho gonna show my girl anya taylor joy some love with that pick very curious to see that one Alright, uh, my number seven is The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, because again, much like with Halloween, it is another franchise movie. Uh, you know, I consider Texas Chainsaw to be, you know, one of the big ones. Um, yep. And I I, 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 I mean, I have fun with the majority of the movies so in I. that franchise, even though like it's a dumb timeline, I still like them, so I'm always excited for another one. Alright, uh, my number seven is Terrifier 2. Curious to see what Art the Clown is up to. He's pretty scary. And uh, I think this one could be even bigger and bloodier and crazier than the first. Yes. Yes. Um, my, what, six? Yep, six. Yeah. 
My number six is The Reckoning because I thought that plot sounded really cool and I think uh, the director has done good things. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited for that, actually. All right, my number six is The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Always curious for a new Conjuring film. They're big movies. Um, I like to see them in the theater or drive-in. So, yeah. Uh, my number five is actually The Conjuring 3 as well. Uh, I still have hopes for it, even though it's not the same director, because I think, I think those movies are good. My number five is Malignant, uh, which is the new James Wan film. Uh, James Wan is 100% accurate for me. He did make my top 50 favorite directors, and he made it quite high. Um, from Saw to the underrated Dead Silence to my favorite film of the 2010s in Insidious uh, to The Conjuring the de- uh, the Conjuring 1 and 2 I mean he's just been amazing so mm. yeah Conjuring or Malignant yeah alright uh, number 4 I put Antlers uh I thought it looked really cool by the trailer, and we've been waiting a long time for it, and i it's one that I've anticipated for a while, so yeah, I, I'm still excited for it. Um, number four for me is Spiral, the Book of Saw. Uh, I love the franchise. It's grown on me ever since we did it. I mean, I've always liked it, um, but I think when Saw 5 came out, I was kind of over it a little bit, but it was more because... Mm-hmm. I was sick of everybody else talking about it, and I'm like, you guys don't even like horror, <laughs> you know. So, um, but after when we covered it on the show, um, I really, I don't think I enjoyed watching them as much when I was watching them. But like a- after talking about them and thinking about them and stuff, I really want to revisit that series. Um, maybe I'll do it this Halloween. Cool. Uh, so my number three is Halloween Kills already said you know it's a franchise i like the halloween franchise um and i'm very curious to see where they do go with the story so yes all right and my number three is halloween kills oh yeah uh i will always be excited for one of the big three or four franchises because I grew up with them and they were such an important... I mean, I guess I didn't grow up with Halloween, really. Because I didn't re- watch those until I was a teen, like 16 or something. Um, yeah. But I do consider it, like, a big movie of the big... You know, the like, I guess it's still part of my childhood. But I, I definitely have grown to love the Michael Myers character more over the years. And it, it's, you know, I, I mean... I loved the remake <laughs> so much, and uh, I just, I don't know, it's just Michael Myers, you know, I'm going to want to see any of the big four, so. Mm-hmm. Right. Alright, uh, my number two is Terrifier 2, because as I said, uh, I really loved that first movie, I thought um, Art the Clown was one of the scarier people to villains i guess to exist uh today um even picturing his face creeps me out i just think he's very scary so uh i'm excited for this i hope it's uh lives up to the first one 
All right, and uh, my number two is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, definitely probably my, in my top 10 favorite franchises. Uh, I like all of the movies more or less in, in their own ways. Like the original is my all-time favorite. The sequel is one of my favorite movies to watch, to just like throw on. Um, Leatherface, I liked a lot more when I was growing up, but I haven't seen it in a while, so maybe it'll... You know, maybe I'll like it a little bit more. Um, and then uh, four, it's bad, but I still kind of enjoy it. I love the remake and the prequel. Um, the 3D one is probably one of the weaker ones, but then I really like the Leatherface too. So yeah, Texas Chainsaw, I'm always going to be excited. I'm curious to see if it'll be another direct-to-video one or they'll actually try to release it wide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, all right, and then, uh, of course, my number one is Candy Dick. Uh, mine is, too. Um, so excited for this film. Um, mm. I love the original, and it's... I've always loved it as a kid, but I've always kind of considered it, like, second-tier um, horror villains, but it's... I think it's amazing now. And, uh, yeah, super curious to see a Jordan Peele-inspired one. And also... He is uh, working on a People Under the Stairs reboot as well, which I think is perfect for him. So, Absolutely. pretty excited. So, yeah, yes. that is our 10 most anticipated. Again, they kind of fluctuate and change and stuff like that. There's uh, a bunch of other films I'm looking forward to. We talked about them. But, yeah, that's it for this episode. Quite a long episode. I was supposed to watch moves for fun tonight, but it's already 3 a.m. <laughs> I watched a move for fun tonight, so I win. All right, whatever. All right. All right. And with that said, we'll see you guys next time. Um, not 100% sure what we're going to do. Hopefully, we'll be able to find a 2021 film to cover. So with that said, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Out. <laughs>